Welcome to episode 102 of Bono's Health. And I had the pleasure of chatting with Mark Dinesha, who bought a sprinter van and gutted it, put his physical therapy equipment in there, and he is driving around the city of Austin, Texas, and helping people get healthy. So without further ado, let's jump into his story. Hope you guys enjoy it. Before you get into it, don't forget to leave a rating, review, especially if you're liking it, and share this with someone who you think might benefit if they're thinking about doing some mobile physical therapy or they're not sure what that is and maybe they can benefit from uh, getting and receiving some and it works for their schedule. The goal is to save folks time and I love this concept. I do a version of it without the van part. Uh, I'll just go to people's homes here in Colorado. But uh, share the episode, we really appreciate it. Rate and review, uh, leave a comment, engage with us and uh, we will jump into it. Hey, we are live. This is episode 102 with Mark Dinesha joining us from Austin, Texas. And we knew each other back in New York City, uh, staying in touch. And this guy's been doing some very cool stuff. And I wanted to share that with you all. And he requested some Hell's Bells, ACDC. And Mark, if you haven't figured out, the camera is uh, reverse. So I think we didn't talk about that. But <laughs> if you go to like uh, okay. scratch your right ear, it, it'll, yep, <laughs> it'll freak you out. Anyway, what's going on over there in Austin, Texas, man? Not much, not much, man. I mean, uh, so we just moved here in November, still getting kind of acquainted with the city, which is exciting. I think that's the most exciting part about moving, exploring. But uh, other than that, yeah, Austin, we're loving it. We're loving it. Change from Brooklyn, that's for sure. Have you gone to, there's a pizza place. I got to look it up if you haven't been there. Uh, it's one... I've been outside of New York. Uh, I've only found three pizza places in the world that live up to New York City pizza. One of them is in Austin, and I can't think of the name right now. My wife knows. Uh, I don't know if home you had slice. it yet. Yes. So you've been home there, slice. of course. So that's yeah, yeah, home slice, solid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, you quite consider it New York City standard, but I, I think it's, it's the closest I've seen outside of New York City. No, yeah, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. It is a solid pie. It, is, there's, it, there's, it stands up. There's one in Portland, Oregon as well. Um, and, and then I, I actually I have my list. I forget where the third one is. But yeah, the Portland, Oregon one's good too. And, and generally, I think Home Slice also, uh, they might be from originally from New York. That's always the story we hear when, when we go to these places. But yeah. Anyway, and then the barbecue. You're enjoying the barbecue, most importantly. Yeah, you know, we actually haven't had proper barbecue yet. <laughs> I, you what? know. I think we've been building it up. We're like, okay, we got to get the best barbecue. We're going to do this, this. And then, <laughs> you know, we end up going to get pizza, you mm, know, or, or something. So I, we're long overdue. Yeah. We're long overdue for some proper. Yeah. Uh, please please share that update when you barbecue. do that because uh, I definitely, uh, we drove through Austin and on our road trip when we moved from New York City to SoCal in 2019 and uh yeah we definitely got as much barbecue as we could while driving through the south especially in austin so very good stuff a uh, very good stuff and then again being being here in colorado uh it we miss we miss a little bit of that that good barbecue because there's a few places but again you get yeah it's it's probably the the, the least good part of colorado i'm going to share publicly here food scene oh is good. it really um i would say and I'm going to go publicly on air with this. And as since you're, you're, a, you're a Brooklyn boy like me, 
uh, New Yorker. Uh, it's a little bland. It's a little bland here. The people here uh, seem to appreciate. And the, the big thing is green chili here. If you if you've had ever had that, um, so they, that's their version of spice. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We found some good spots. Uh, we had our friends visiting from Los Angeles and and that, but another buddy from Brooklyn who uh, he's been all around the world with food and stuff. And yeah, it was it was hard trying to impress them with food, but we found some places. We found some places. But yeah, just generally, every everything's a little bland. I think that's the the the. I mean that that's kind of how it goes when you come from New York. Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's I'm, a high bar. It's a high bar. It is. It is a very high bar. People think we're cocky, but we've just had the best shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the truth. It's the, the, the truth. The best at New York, the best and the worst of everything yes. is there. So, yes, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. You can, you, it's all, it's all so, uh, so succinct. And then again, like you're saying, you get, you get a little bit of everything, right? So yeah, absolutely. Uh, you kind of know what's good and what's bad, I think more than some, and it's funny seeing like the the Facebook Denver foodies group and people talking about like you know even um, you know Tex-Mex food and it's like wow uh, these you know I don't want to discredit their opinions but at the same time I think they need to they need to come by and and try some different things so but it, it, yeah. it's funny hearing some people who have been like around the world and tried some some of these similar kind of experiences I think to what we're talking about here and then. Uh, yeah, I hope this doesn't come across too too uh, egotistical, but I think it's it's just just what we've tried out, man. Just what we tried out. But let's get to physical yeah. therapy before we dig let's, ourselves let's. into any any more of a hole here. Um, so uh, the big thing that Mark is doing here, and I, a I applaud you for getting the strength PT uh, on Instagram. That's a great great handle. Um, but what do you mm -hmm. bench in these days, bro? <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> Yeah. You got the strength PT. You better be strong. I know, right? Is that yeah? You know that's that's an old handle. I actually don't even really post on there much anymore. Those were that was back in the day, back in the day. I don't even bench that much anymore. I, I'm just kidding I about think, the bench. Uh, Obviously, benching is yeah. a little bit of a not the most important thing ever. But that's the know. best indicator of, I mean, uh, of yeah. overall strength. Yeah. Well, you're the strength PT man. You tell us what's the best indicator yeah, right? of of fitness. Are you Definitely still doing, doing a little bit of CrossFit? Um, so I haven't really been doing CrossFit, though. I, you know, CrossFit is very polarizing. You know, I, I feel like love-hate. I've taken a lot of great things from CrossFit, though. So I still do a lot of CrossFit-type workouts. I'm not involved with any gym. Mm -hmm. um, recently, what I've been doing a lot of is Muay Thai. Oh, so okay. I've gotten into, uh, gotten into that and it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I didn't realize how tight my hips were, hmm. how horrible my hip range of motion was, but I knew it wasn't great. But then when you're trying to, to kick over your head and, uh, it just doesn't look good. It <laughs> doesn't look good, but it's getting better. It's getting better. So always working on myself. There you go. There you go. Um, and then the other big thing that you did there was you took a, a sprint a sprinter van and uh, converted it into a physical therapy mobile clinic. And that's the majority of things, 2024 transit. Um, and, you know, the, the, that was fun to see kind of on, on YouTube how you did that. And, and by the way, I think uh, of all the physical therapists I've seen, you I, I will certainly give you credit as the best video editor 
uh, I've seen. <laughs> like every time, if you guys go check out any of his content, uh, Mark has some of the best, you know, cutaway scenes, B-roll footage, all that stuff. You, you know, it's some Hollywood level production, man. Thank you, thank you. That's a little side hustle stuff I like to do. Yeah, and uh, tell us a little bit about how how you developed that. I know again. So uh, anyone who again, what shout out the other channel? I forget the exact name of it. I don't want to mess it up, but uh, that you did the travels with with Amanda. Yeah, yeah. So as we kind of alluded to, travel and, and eating around the world. So I mean, you know our story, but I'll share it for anyone who's who's not familiar. 2016, Amanda and I, we, we both quit our jobs. I mean, it was planned. We didn't just like up and quit. We planned this out a year, a year in advance, but we quit our jobs and took 18 months to travel around the world. And during that time, we did a lot of social media, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. That's where I learned to photography, videography. And, you know, we built up a, a you know, a decent following we got to work with a lot of like some big brands, Adobe, T-Mobile, uh, away bags. Uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a bunch. So yeah, we were really fortunate getting to work with these, these brands. And, uh, and yeah, so now what I did actually, when we came back to New York is I took what I learned with the video and photo side and I actually got a job, um, with the clinic that I was treating at working mm-hmm. with their marketing team. Yeah. So that was something I was doing for a while. Awesome. Yeah. And just built those skills up. And, and again, we're in a, I think culture and time where the economy requires us to have multiple skill sets. Um, so anytime you can do that, leverage that. I had a recent um, guest on F Scott feel uh, and he talks about, and he, his big thing is getting folk, getting physical therapists specifically to get multiple revenue streams and diversify their, kind of offerings. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. He has over a hundred, a list of over a hundred different ways you can kind of diversify stuff. So yeah, that's very cool that you were able to do that. Um, yeah. So bring us into the, oh, and actually that reminded me, you guys did have a video. I remember of, uh, like searching out the best pizza in New York city. Did, did, did you ever have a winner for that? We, we did. So Amanda was, uh, she loved Lucali's in Carroll yes. Gardens. Yes. Solid, solid pie. And then mine was uh, Defara's. Mm-hmm. Old school down Avenue oh, yeah. J. Unfortunately, I don't know if you heard uh, Dom, uh, the, the main old guy who did the pizza there, passed away recently. But um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I think Defara was always always my number one old school, exactly. And then, yeah, Lucali's mm-hmm. was a similar, but not as like, you, you, don't, you don't taste the soil from the hands. In the pizza, yeah. the way you did, with, yeah. I mean, I was I was really fascinated. Dom, um, you could see his hands are just like blistered from, you know, whatever it was. He, I think he was in his eighties, maybe nineties, even. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think people people think that I'm exaggerating when, yeah, when you say he he stuck his bare. Oh yeah, in these, you just you could see the hands were. Yep, 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 yep. And, I, and you watch holding on to a counter with one arm, you know, uh-huh. like he could barely stand doing this, but. Yeah. And you, the whole process was, was really amazing to watch again, you know, we're talking about physical therapy here, but I think there's some application of somebody who just like was a master of his craft. 
Um, and, and yeah, you would, they bring out the pie with, uh, just the, the, the crust and then he'd rip apart like everything by hand and just put it on there. He'd grab a pair of scissors and cut the basil on there. He would shred the cheese mm -hmm. on it. It was incredible to see. I, I, I'm definitely getting some, uh, some reminiscing going on there, but yeah. Um, so that was the, the Lucali's and Defara. Um, and Lucali's is kind of the one Jay-Z and Beyonce would go to. That was always the, the thing there. So um but yeah very cool um so bringing us all the way to uh entrepreneurship and that that was your first topic you want to talk about the good the bad the ugly and so you have this sprinter van you obviously invested in buying one or at least you know paying for that uh so big investment on on getting a sprinter van or uh sorry the what's the ford ford transit yeah Ford transit big old yeah. I think Sprinter Van, I think those big, because that's what it is, right? It's a big, big van. Exactly, um, you, exactly. You, you, you gutted it out, so that's a big project. And then you kind of put your physical therapy clinic in there so that you can run around and go wherever you're needed, uh, like Batman, physical therapy Batman. Right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a little bit about um, that process for sure. Sure. So um, I guess a, a common question is how did you come up with the idea and it was actually having a conversation with my barber hmm. during COVID. So this guy, you know, he had his own barbershop. We were shooting breeze. And he was telling me about one of his friends who was heading down to the Hamptons every weekend with his, you know, van, his barbershop. And he was like charging ridiculous amounts because it's the Hamptons, you know, you, you, right. you can. And so that's when the light bulb kind of went off. And I was like, you know what, I could probably do everything I need to, and not everything, but, you know, 75%, I could probably do in the back of, of the van. There's enough space. I've seen treatment rooms, you know, probably smaller than the back of my van. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so I started doing some research. I had found this guy down in Baltimore, Maryland. So shout out to James Dolcarian and Pioneer PT. He kind of, uh, he, I mean, he pioneered this, I, as far as I know, he was the first person I'd seen do this. And he has a sprinter. He converted it. And he had written this, uh, like a, a little book called the, the PT Blueprint, I think, to mobile clinics. It was on Amazon. So I'd reached out. Um, he answered some questions. Super nice guy. I bought his book and kind of, you know, modeled what I did to, to what he did. But, uh, but yeah, so then I had a plan. Um, we we ordered the van, and it took I think six months from maybe when we ordered it to when it was delivered. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a kind of a DIY. I like to do things myself type of guy. So of course I was like, I'll tackle this. How hard can it be to build out <laughs> the inside of the van? And uh, it was it was challenging. It was a challenge, and I uh, I could have saved probably a lot of time had I had some professionals do it, mm -hmm. and the work would probably be you know even you know just better professional craftsmanship. But you know I'm happy with the job. It look I think it looks good. I think it looks great. You know, and <laughs> it looks, and I it looks a lot. great. What we can see on on social media. So you're doing a good job at least hiding any of the. Right. Uh, the the scars and right. cuts and things like that yeah yeah from the road from the road going by 50 miles per hour yeah it looks great <laughs> yeah yeah so but, in terms uh, of but yes yeah oh go ahead no no go keep going 
Oh yeah, it's, it's like the build out ended up taking a year, probably off and on, and you know that was that's probably not the the best business model or strategy, but uh, but now if something goes wrong, I know where everything is and I'm able to fix it. I don't have to send it out to a shop necessarily. Yeah. So I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's awesome. And then yeah, in terms of getting folks to accept this concept of. Uh, I'm going to drive up with a van and, and, uh, you know, fix, fix your back pain or whatever your ankle pain. I saw that post about the, the ankle injuries. Is it really 23,000 ankle sprains a day that's in the world or the U S or, uh, that was, I mean, according to that, <laughs> that research article, I didn't, I, I didn't do a, you know, a, a review of many articles. I just found one. Yeah, that, that, that seems like a lot. Um, <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've, I've sprained my ankles many, many times. So I definitely was like, well, but that, that still seems like a lot. I, I pretty much don't have any ligaments left in my ankle. I can do a full, you know, past 90 degree roll both ways on both ankles from getting all okay. the ligaments torn out. Well, I'm a little hypermobile. Like I'm, I'm just, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, and then I think not having any ligaments necessarily left in either ankle from, uh, yeah, just um, that's like the one thing that that I had as an injury playing football. Um, I'd done a lot, and and it's helped me as a physical therapist understand that if you can uh, really train your proprioceptive system and and all those muscles that can kind of make up for the lack of ligament uh, control, you can really uh, do a lot. So I think I have better balance and better ankle health than most people I see for sure. But uh, yeah. So again, mm. just, it's a, it's a learning, so it's all a learning thing. And, you know, I, I don't want to break myself to learn things, but sometimes that's how it goes. Um, so yeah, exactly. back to, back to, uh, the concept of, I'm going to pull up with a unmarked van and, uh, it says free, free candy. That's, that's uh, every time I hear the, the van concept, that's always what I think of is the, the, you know, luring little kids in. Um, but yeah. So how does that concept come across when, uh, you know, are you marketing that way? I'd love to hear like kind of, uh, and I know we're going to talk about marketing, mm-hmm. uh, as one of the other ones, but yeah, how does that, how does that, um, just concept come across? Or are you just like, Hey, I can fix you. Um, and I'm going to save you time and, and come to you. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, I feel like for some people, they're a little skeptical because how much space could there be in the back of a, you know, a van. Right. And so a lot of times too, when they first see the van, they're like, wow, that's bigger than I expected. And then they go in and they see how nice and how everything looks on the inside. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, you know, this well done, well done. So <laughs> there is a little skepticism, but uh, I'm not sure what the traffic is like in Colorado, but mm-hmm. here in Austin, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, And I hate traffic. So me having a mobile clinic, maybe that's a little counterintuitive, but I'm saving, you know, other people the hassle of having to to battle traffic. So that's Mm -hmm. just, that's one of the the sales points. And also I'll, I'll set up shop in some parks, you Mm -hmm. know, and so people see it and they're already there doing, you know, they're training, they're running, you know, it's just easy access for them. Mm -hmm. But it's funny. You mentioned the, uh, the kids there is one park i go to nearby and there is like a, a children's park section and i make sure that i stay <laughs> far away you know i'm on the other side of the park yeah. and i don't want to i don't want to you know cause any yeah yeah any thing like that so yeah 
for sure. Uh, does, does, I don't know if you know this, does your liability change significantly in terms of, uh, you know, having just other factors going on? Like, uh, or is it just, you know, kind of car insurance, van insurance, and then just you're still a physical therapy clinic? Yeah, that's that's the way that I've I've modeled it right now. I haven't heard otherwise. So, yeah, I just carry kind of the, the insurance, the typical insurance that I would have on it. And then mm -hmm. I have my practice, you know, my kind of professional liability insurance, yeah. but I, I'm not generally like picking people up and driving around with it. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Just as know. soon as you're, as soon as your session's over, it, it becomes just a van, um, I guess, from a legal perspective. It's, a, it's an interesting random kind of aspect of that is it's only a, a, like a physical therapy clinic while you're there. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so back to the entrepreneurship piece. Uh, yeah. Are you, mm -hmm. like you said, you're setting up, are you, um, yeah, marketing Facebook groups, uh, you know, th trying to think of some different things. We talked about the marketing piece. It definitely is interesting for me. Cause again, I'm, that's our third piece. We'll come back to that second one. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, how do you find your, um, pushing kind of this concept the most right now? What's been successful? If you, if you don't mind sharing what hasn't worked, uh, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, really, it's it's just been going. So I guess for me, getting the most, uh, you know, action, you know, the, the biggest payout is, is doing it kind of old school, you know, going to, to different gyms and different areas and just shaking hands, meeting people, mm -hmm. doing it that way. I like that was one of my misconceptions, I think, is moving here. I thought I would be able to just run a couple ads. Mm -hmm. and be like oh yeah i'll i'll, I'll do it like <laughs> field of dreams you know if you build right. it they will come type thing yeah and i haven't really done like any any large ad campaigns yet mm -hmm. so i'm i don't know i'm always waiting on something you know i'm like right. oh, i'll wait as soon as this is ready this is ready i'll do mm -hmm. this just need yeah. to do it but uh, i haven't run any large ad campaigns so right now it's just a lot of kind of knocking on doors meeting people shaking hands handing out cards and uh, relying on, on word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, that's been one of my big driving points as well as a, as a kind of similar, and I do something similar. I, I'm a con I consider myself or part of my business concierge physical therapy. So I still throw the massage table in the back and like similar to you, I think we don't need a lot of equipment. If you kind of, uh, you know, if you're a relatively good physical therapist, it's nice to have some of it, but yeah, you should be able to just have the person in front of you and have a conversation and if there's things that you do need, we can, we can certainly refer out or, or, you know, I also get people online and I'll send videos of how to do certain things. If I, I don't have the squat rack there in front of me necessarily when I'm treating, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I do think there's, there's a lot of power there. And the thing that's driven me the most, not just if you build it, they will come, but uh, be so good. They can't ignore you, which is a Steve Martin quote and a Cal Newport book uh, that it definitely drives me of, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, especially at a big town like Austin, which is one, probably one of the most, um, you know, modern, uh, you know, I, I've only been there a few times, but yeah, it seems to be one of the most, uh, quickly growing cities probably in America. Um, and just, just very, very, uh, expansive i guess with a lot of the things coming in there you got joe rogan there so he's bringing all his energy <laughs> um, yeah right yeah so uh but at the end of the day yeah it seems it seems like a big big uh place that you kind of have to compete again same thing here in colorado we have a lot of 
most people who live here come here because they want to be active. They're, they're, you know, you, the, the mountains are right here. You got skiing, uh, snowboarding, uh, hiking, all these different things, triathlon. So very, very active population in general. It's, it almost seems silly to not be active and live here. Um, so therefore you have a lot of, uh, healthcare practitioners who are, are dealing with that. So yeah, for me, um, it's been, it's, it's, it's definitely been just, you know, keep doing a good job with folks, uh, healing people. And, and like you said, that'll, that'll definitely trickle down of word of mouth and things like that. That still seems to be the, the biggest, uh, approach, um, and fighting against a lot of these, uh, there's just been a lot of, uh, what I've seen. And I, I'm sure again, similar in Austin is, um, kind of lowballing offers people are like, well, I'll do that for, you know, like, again, I'll pick on the chiropractors that I've seen here. And, and there's a few, I've had some good ones on my podcast in the past, but there's also the, uh, Hey, come in for $29 exam and x-rays. And then they sell them on a $6,000 six month package. And, um, you know, people just, just don't know necessarily better than that. And there's this big disconnect of what we as physical therapists do. So that's another question I have for you. Cause I've almost felt like I've had to move away from physical therapy the term <laughs> um because mm -hmm. most people are like oh well you're a physical therapist i can just go see my physical therapist who's in network um i don't know how you're different and you know theoretically the in-network one's gonna be cheaper or you know or even f theoretically free if they don't have a copay or if they do have a copay it might only be whatever 20 or 50 bucks sometimes those numbers uh don't make sense. Um, especially if they have to go three times a week for the next six weeks. Um, and then you compare it to seeing me maybe three times over that entire period. So I might actually be cheaper. I don't know again, how your price structure works, but in terms of the term physical therapy, is that still something you found you've had to explain further in terms of higher quality care? Yeah, definitely. It's, I, I think that's probably something that the profession as a, as a whole kind of needs to work on. And no one really knows what physical therapists do. It's still people will ask, okay, so you're a PT. What do you, you know, do you do back? Will you crack my back? Will you do acupuncture? Will you do massage? Will you do this? And it, it's, I feel like we have our, our hands in so many different pots. You know, we got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, da, 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 but we haven't really mastered. I mean, we, we do exercise, you know, that's what we, we know exercise and movement but I, I don't think the general public understands, you know, the majority of them anyways, don't really understand the benefit of that. And even still, they would like exercise. Why don't I just get a personal trainer, mm -hmm. you know? So we haven't really commanded the, I guess, I, I don't I don't know exactly how to state it, but yeah, you know, I like mean, chiropractics, someone has their, I, I've, I've seen plenty of people and then I'm, doing the eval and they're like, yeah, it's for low back. And then the first thing, you know, somewhere along the evaluation, they'll say, should I see a chiropractor? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not sure necessarily that people are going to chiros and then saying, should I go see a physical therapist? I'm not right. sure if it's working out that way. You know, people just have, you know, back pain, neck pain, all of a sudden they're like going to a chiro and it needs to be that way for physical therapists. You know, I feel like it sh that should be one of the first options that people think of. But unfortunately, you know, with referrals and barrier, like, you know, it's just not as easy for people to get to yeah. us. Are you, and are you, just to clarify, are you 100% um, cash-based? You don't do any insurance? So right now I am cash pay, but I'm working on getting credentialed now with a few insurances. Um, there's just, I, I feel like, 
not having and not taking any insurance is just really going to limit my options. Mm-hmm. And so I think I have to have, you know, at least a few and that will just help with word of mouth. And I think it's, I do enjoy working with, you know, a lot of patients that do have Medicare mm-hmm. as insurance. So, I mean, I feel like it, that's kind of fulfilling to me is, you know, seeing someone's grandma, you know, squatting, you know, with a kettlebell or, you know, doing these things that they didn't think they yeah. could. Yeah, for sure. And so yeah, I, th- I think, I'll, it's I think a- I'll have a healthy balance. Yeah. I do think that's a severely underserved population, especially when it comes to strength training. And if that's part of uh, what we're talking about here as physical therapy, which again, not all physical therapists are created equal, um, just like all chiros are not created equal um, and any other profession. But uh, at the end of the day, I do think in terms of osteoporosis, uh, which is pretty rampant and, and, you know, one of the, uh, I don't know the exact statistics off the top of my head right now, but uh, you know, my mother just told me she, she was, she's been dealing with some of that stuff. And I said, yeah, we got to get you lifting some stuff. We got to get you jumping on a, on a rebounder uh, to really load the bones and get you stronger in that regard. You're never going to get those bones any stronger just by again, taking shots. Um, and even if you start changing some of your food and, and concepts like that, um, you know, there's definitely a disconnect. So I do think there's very big, powerful things we could be doing to get them moving better. Um, getting, getting older folks more, uh, mobile, uh, and, and just stronger. And again, yeah, I love this. Again, I'm je- very jealous of the strength PT and you're not using it. So maybe you want to give it to me. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, get, I do think, you, you know, partly it's not a hundred percent the only thing, but you can't go wrong. Getting strong is one of my other favorite sayings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to get too strong, which, you know, again, some folks, uh, lose, lose sight of that kind of concept. They don't want to get bulky is another common kind of thing. I, I'm sure you hear as well. Um, but back to the, the, the marketing piece again, I found also interestingly because of this alternative presentation, cause we're not traditional physical therapists in the sense of we're in a brick and mortar and you, we're just going to go through your insurance. Um, that's why I asked the insurance question. Sorry, my dog's giving me a soccer ball that she wants to play with here. Um, so my question though is, is, um, or, or my observation, I guess, is that I tend to be like the seventh or 10th practitioner that people are like, okay, I'll give you a try. Because again, they've tried the injections, they've tried chiropractic, um, they've tried all these other things that just end up not addressing their actual issue, their actual limitation, their actual root cause of injury. And they're, they've just been chasing the symptom of, again, having some hip, back pain, uh, whatever. And, and you know, I just had a great episode I did with one of my, um, one of the CrossFit coaches I helped who wasn't able to squat for two years. And again, she kind of highlights it. And she's like, yeah, I went to see this specialist about the hip. And then he, they did an MRI and then they did this. And then they sent me to the back specialist and then the back specialist sent me here. And then she's had chiropractic and acupuncture and all these other things. And, um, sorry again, dog ball. Um, (laughs) I need to, I need to stop doing that. Um, Anyway, so my point is, yeah, I think that uh, there is almost a niche there. There is almost a way to present that and hope that folks will find us sooner um, rather than going through these kind of traditional uh, systems. So, yeah, I don't know if I have a question in there. I just thought I'd, I'd uh, kind of share with you my, my own frustrations <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, I, I, you make a, a perfect point. And I think, I guess one of the ways I, I sell it as far as, which every, I'm sure any other cash pay probably clinic does this, is that you know most of these other clinics that do take insurance, they can only see one person every maybe 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, just because of reimbursement rates. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, they only have, you know, so much bandwidth. And then you are one in a caseload of maybe, you know, that day they may see 15 people, you know, and then throughout, you know, their entire caseload, they may be seeing, you know, 30 or 40 people. So they just, they, they can't dedicate that much brain power if you have, you know, a case that's a little bit more challenging or that's kind of something that's maybe a little bit out of the ordinary. Whereas, you know, I have dedicated time and, and I also would cap, you know, I, I also will have a cap. I, I won't have this massive caseload. I don't need to have a massive caseload. So mm-hmm. I think it's just another benefit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And again, like I, I almost, um, I'll do at least a 90 minute to a two hour assessment is my goal always. Cause there's just so many things I want to get through, especially if it's not a very specific, like I have pain right here and like, okay, you've already got the x-rays and kind of, we're just dealing with that. And again, in the insurance model, if you come in with a diagnosis or an issue with, again, like your shoulder rotator cuff, uh, you have a tear there, like it's, they're only going to reimburse you if you're dealing with that also. So that li- that's mm-hmm. a limitation of what you're able to do. Again, if I see that, I want to start working on breathing. I want to go all the way down to their, you know, diaphragm and, and make sure they're breathing properly. I want to make sure the neck mechanics are proper. I want to make sure everything down the chain, the arm is, is working proper on top of the scapular strength and not just, um, you know, addressing where the pain is. So, um, and unfortunately, yeah, we all want to chase pain and you, you have pain in your shoulder. You want to get to make that feel better. I get that. Um, but it's, it's again, not the thing that cures, uh, unfortunately most shoulder pain. Um, so again, I think that's where we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, talking about treatment approaches, but, uh, coming back to your, your second topic, since we skipped over that one, want to make sure we don't Mm -hmm. miss that one is, uh, exercise health accessibility, the app subscription services that are out there. So tell us, um, why that is of great interest to you. Uh, so I guess it's just, uh, opening a lot more doors. Mm-hmm. for physical therapists and it's not even physical therapists, but health professionals in general. And this is something that I had talked with one of my coworkers, you know, years ago, this is all pre COVID, you know, before the big boom of kind of online subscription exercise things. And unfortunately I missed a boat on that, <laughs> I think. And, uh, now I, it's just, uh, you know, who doesn't have, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of different options, a lot of apps. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, programs you can get for better or worse. You know, I think a lot of them aren't super specific, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the goal for some of these either. But it's good that they're getting people moving and thinking about, you know, health and, and exercise and all that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think, unfortunately, like you're saying, they're, they're very incomplete solutions. Um, I mm-hmm. think, again, the, the, the folks see the technology, folks see the thing in front of them. Again, Peloton is great to get folks moving, but it's, a, it's an incredibly incomplete solution to overall health and fitness. And, and again, when you think of how the human body works, it's one, maybe two very specific um, aspects of health and fitness, especially if you think of like a we'll, we'll go with the CrossFit, you know, 10 general physical skills that we should all be doing, right? There's agility, accuracy, uh, balance, coordination, strength, power, stamina, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredible that again, folks get caught up in this and yeah, I get again, like you're saying, uh, especially during COVID people are like, cool, I'll, I'll drop $2,500 or $3,000 on, on this Peloton bike. And then they have access to the thing, the monthly service. 
Um, and then of course they added the treadmill feature. They added, you know, some body weight type stuff. And if you have a, you know, three pound dumbbells, cool, let's go off of that. They saw that there was a, um, a, a piece missing there, but, and, that, and that's kind of what I built my business on is, is trying to fill that gap. There's still a huge gap between kind of the fitness space that we were talking about of the, of the personal trainer world, uh, where there seems to be more of a complete picture, long-term picture to some extent. Um, not just, maybe it is just get a six pack abs and that kind of thing. But then the physical therapy piece is, yeah, just get you out of pain. So is there a gap between get you out of pain, get you moving better, build an entirely long-term fitness plan um, versus uh, just, yeah, the, the kind of short-term, yeah, Peloton's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know if there was um, more to, to uh, apps or is that something that you're looking to, to build upon or kind of make your own version of it down the line? I mean, maybe, maybe down the, the line at some point. The thing is, I just... Uh... You know, I don't want to forever be trading, training or trading, mm -hmm. excuse me, trading one hour of my time for right for money, right. you know, so there I'd like to have different options. And I think this is kind of how you what something you had hit on, you know, is uh, different lines of revenue. Right. So this is, you know, there are opportunities. There is a lot of overlap with different exercise and movements, too, that can work for different things. So. I, yeah, it's it's something that you know I thought about, and I guess part of it though is it's also the gray line between performance training and physical therapy, and mm -hmm. you know, is it just something that you state outright? You know, like this is performance training, this is physical therapy. You know, although the like the programs may look almost identical, right? right. And then yeah, just by having the licenses, for instance, I mean. Being in Texas, you know, I'm not technically allowed to work on anyone from Colorado, mm -hmm. but the internet has kind of changed that. And I don't know, I guess I, I'm not sure exactly how that works. How have you been dealing with that with your online? Stuff? If someone's out of state and just to respect the license aspect of it, I just do, it's coaching. It's, it's physical therapy. Uh, sorry, it's not physical therapy. It's just becomes fitness coaching. Um, you know, just because I have a physical therapy degree and I'm licensed in the state of Colorado. Sure. There, there's definitely, um, different ways to think about that. I mean, again, there's so much going on <laughs> and, and, uh, so many things where people, you know, we've actually gotten crazy stories of folks, uh, who use terms like functional medicine, um, which has almost no regulation, uh, pretty much zero, and uh, again, you have folks kind of practicing medicine without a license, not just physical therapy. So um, and we talked about, re uh, sorry, the the insurance piece, malpractice insurance. And, you know, again, it's interesting. Physical therapy has such a low incident rate. So, again, because of the education, I think that we have at a doctoral level, all that good stuff, um, you know, it's it's going to take a lot for you to really um damage and hurt a human. And again, no one wants to do that. But again, because we have such a high level of training, uh, we have such low incidences. And so our, our insurance is very, very low. Um, I think that it might even be lower or, or comparable to some personal trainer levels of insurance, because there's almost there. I don't want, you know, again, not a judgment, but lesser training. Um, you know, they just, they're not at a doctoral level. I think even if somebody's at a master's of exercise uh, science, um, that's still technically a lower level than a doctorate of physical therapy. They, they probably haven't worked on cadavers. They probably haven't, um, gone as in depth as we have. So there's some interesting stuff there. 
um, when you get into it. But again, at the same time, I, there's definitely personal trainers who have far exceeded the knowledge base, especially when it comes to exercise and nutrition than most physical therapists I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I do, yeah. we end up talking about, um, the professions and some of the, the gray lines in, in there, um, on this show a bit, but I do want to always come back to the fact that, yeah, it's, it still comes down to the individual and there's a lot of variability there, but in terms of protecting ourselves and kind of doing the right thing, I do think that, yeah. Um, if somebody has a tendon issue, which a lot of the times I'll, I'll, you know, uh, share the fact that I, I think I'm excellent at putting, you know, identifying tendon issues, a tendinopathy, a problem with a tendon, um, that we can then fix with a proper 12 week loading program, which is much easier to do online. And if the person has access to the equipment, um, and has any kind of, uh, you know, experience with squatting or doing bicep curls, um, we can then really clearly load that over 12 weeks, slowly progress it to the point where we're, you know, creating this beautiful little, uh, you know, piece of pottery <laughs> where we're adding a little water, we're taking away, but being able to control that is a much better, um, you know, setting to me than, than just seeing somebody, whatever it is, twice a week, three times a week, um, and doing it that way, because that becomes financially, uh, restrictive. It becomes time restrictive versus having somebody say, Hey, yeah, just go in the gym. You're going to do back squats for the next 12 weeks, three times a week. Um, you know, and I've just found very, very good success with that, especially when you can really identify the right patient for that program. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, um, there's definitely some, some power there. So hopefully that, um, answers your question. <laughs> so appreciate yeah, you turning yeah. it around on me. Um, you need the, the Dr. Bo app. Yeah. Physical therapy. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I do, I, I that is kind of what I've built over, over the years. And I talk about my, my Bo 30 system. And again, it's, uh, my goal is to do an annual orthopedic assessment on everyone or annual movement screen on everyone, every single human. I think it's something APTA has kind of played with. Um, dentists did a really good job a long time ago of saying you need to get your teeth checked, you know, twice a year. Um, and I think that's kind of sustained that entire profession to some extent um, or certainly, you know, help them stay above, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of competition like we do. Um, chiropractors, mm -hmm. again, did an amazing marketing job of if you have back pain, you're going to go to the chiropractor, as you kind of alluded to earlier, you know, there, it's in rap songs. I'm back like a chiropractor. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, a marketing thing for sure. And, and I think that is one of the problems of physical therapy. We're all very, uh, most of the people in the profession are very, very altruistic and want to do right by, by the patients. And we, we like to kind of follow the rules, so to speak, not that other professions don't, but I do think it's been a limitation in, Hey, we have women's health. We have again Medicare populations. We have we have all these messages that get crisscrossed, um, geriatrics, pediatrics, the whole gamut of that, and things just get lost. And then we got to fight for Medicare reimbursement. That becomes the primary thing that we can maybe all agree upon as a profession, or becomes the biggest uh, threat to us. Uh, you know, to fight for two percent Medicare cuts. And you know, again, I was involved with the the APTA for a while when I was a student, and. Uh, I just got burnt out on it and it definitely moved me away from saying, Hey, why don't we go directly to the people, um, you know, and, and starting to see kind of some of these exercise health accessibility pieces, like you're talking about of Kelly Starrett uh, was a big thing. He just, you know, started posting videos um, back when I was, I was just a new grad um, 2010 ish. And, and, you know, he's saying, Hey, like we should all be able to manage ourselves as humans, as athletes in, in this CrossFit space, especially, um, and, and, you know, again, the, you, you start going down these paths, but yeah, to, to bring it back a little bit is, is that's kind of what I've built is, uh, 
you know, having this annual orthopedic screen. I give people a report card saying, hey, you're not hinging very well. Like, you know, you, you might be moving well in some capacities, but it's like, you know, going to school, getting a report card. Uh, your, your physics grade is just not doing good. We need to get you some tutoring in physics and we need to spend some time on that or Spanish or whatever the, the, the subject is. Just like in school, we have that same thing with our body. Again, if you're great at Peloton, you might need to be doing a lot more extension-based, rotation-based stuff um, to kind of balance the, the concept there, jumping, uh, all these different things that we could be doing to really make sure your body is going to be the best it can. You're going to diversify your investment in your body over the next 30, 40, 50 years. So anyway, I'm, I don't want to go off on my tangent, but. <laughs> no, no, I think, I think that's fantastic. And that would be, uh, you know, if, if that's something that they were able to incorporate, that would be great for the profession and it would be great for society as a whole. Just like you said, like an annual indicator on, on how you're moving. And I think something like that, they don't really see the value in it until they've done it for a few years. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're yeah. like, oh, 2018 Mark used to do this. And now right. 2022 Mark. And then you right. can kind of see the change over that time period and mm -hmm. pinpoint it. Yeah. And, right. and I think that's one of the beautiful things about CrossFit is, again, it, and that's one of the things that drew me in was it's observable, repeatable, measurable. It's kind of very scientific approach. Again, there's obviously all sorts of bad ways CrossFit happens and you see all the fail videos on Instagram. We can joke about that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's if you're deadlifting more in 2020 than you, you know, uh, than you were in 2018, like you're saying, uh, there's some progress there. We can measure that. Uh, we expect some decline as we age. But, yeah, you should still be able to, you know uh as as a human being deadlift at least 1.5x your body weight if you can do that like we know that's a corollary of pretty good function and health for a long term um it tells us that yeah a lot of things are going to fall in place and so the one thing i'll say real quick on in my exploration of all that is i just don't think as a profession we're ever going to come together and say you know what's the what's the program who's going to come up with it who do we who do we give the reins to of you know is it marilyn moffitt is it is it kelly starrett is it the fms guys um, you know, who are we going to trust to say, this is the program, this is the annual big screen, or do we just kind of push again? And not every dentist probably does the same exact dental screening that, you know, you're getting every single year, but, um, you know, or the same thing with your car, you get, everyone gets their car checked out every 6,000 miles. Um, I'm sure, you know, way more than, than, uh, we all do about that now with your, <laughs> with your van, but, yeah. um, yeah, but yeah, right? at, the, at the end of the day, I don't, I, I don't think, um, and again, if you, if you've gone into any of the physical therapy, Twitter wars, uh, you know, people arguing about what is pain, how do we treat low back pain, all these things you get, you know, you ask 10 different physical therapists, you might get, you know, 20 different opinions. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing that's going to, I think, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's going to be our downfall, but it is limiting us as a profession to not have a kind of, um, unified message. And I appreciate that we are all into the, the, the geekiness and saying like, what is the thing that's happening and what's the best way to fix it? Uh, you know, and, and it's great if this thing can get us 5% better or in this population and, you know, you go down all these paths and I'm a very cynical and skeptical about all this stuff. Um, if you can't tell already. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's my hope that's, and, and again, to the cliche pieces we're talking about of, you know, that it becomes uh, be the change you want to see in the world. And so, yeah, I'm trying to create my own system. I, I haven't seen the perfect system and um, yeah, I would love to, to work, you know, and continue to find folks. I'm still hopeful that we will all get together in some capacity and say like, yeah, like if we just look at a hinge pattern, like, I think we can all agree that person's not hinging very well. Um, and, and saying like, yeah, where, wh what can we do to cue that to be better? 
um, you know, in terms of joint range of motion, things like that. We all learn some version of this in physical therapy school, but it's, it just doesn't come together to really gel in, in this real world example. So again, like I said, you can go to 10 different physical therapists and there's a few other, you know, I've seen a few, um, and that's, that's my last question I kind of want to leave off on, I think is, is have you connected with other, other than your one guy in, um, was it Maryland or, or, uh, the, is that what you said? The, the one guy who wrote yeah, the yeah. book? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So other than that, have you connected with other, well, there's concierge physical therapists like myself who just drive to folks' homes um, with a massage mm -hmm. table. But have you connected with other kind of van physical therapists or, or mobile practices the way uh, you have? Again, I've seen a few. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I've only uh, like I've, I've only seen a couple. And I think yeah. I feel like the guy. Uh, so James, JT out of Maryland, he's really the only one that I've seen that's, I think, really been successful. Or maybe he's the only one that's like sharing about it. There's mm -hmm. a guy in Houston, oh, I can't remember his name now, but he has uh, I don't think it's a clinic that he necessarily treats out of, but he, he has a mobile van that he, I think it's more like concierge type, not like mm -hmm. necessarily a mobile clinic. Um, but I, I just honestly haven't seen many other people that have actually made a dedicated clinic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a few out there. Someone asked about this on one of the physical therapy Facebook groups or something. And I, I think mm -hmm. I actually shared your information. Um, so I don't know if they ever reached out or at least looked you up, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very cool thing. And again, I'm, I'd be, I'd love to see how it evolves over the next few years with, uh, you know, concepts like COVID gas prices are where they are now. So yeah, if we can be doing stuff, I'm sure that doesn't help you personally, but, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I'm sure it's, yeah, it's a good, uh, feature to say, Hey, like, let me come to you. Let's not waste your time. Come, you know, coming to me or going to a clinic, um, you know, so save time on that and co-pays and things like that. But all that said, yeah. tell folks where they can find you, Mark. So, yeah, you can check out my website, uh, www.foreverforwardpt.com. Instagram handle, same thing, at foreverforwardpt. Or the strength PT, which is maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll breathe a little life back in because that, <laughs> that is a great handle. That it is. is a great handle. And uh, if you don't want it, I'll, I'll take it from you, man. Yeah. Right. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. So I, any of those. Yeah. Of those. Awesome. Plenty of options there. And uh, if you're in the Austin area, you know, someone there, uh, reach out directly to Mark and uh, you know, get yourself fixed up. He'll come right to you. Um, do you have a, an exact geographic area you're kind of covering too, in terms of like distance? You know, right now I'm, I'm pretty flexible. So nice. Austin area. I'm located up in North Austin, but we're going to be moving down to South Austin in September. So, gotcha. You know, cool. Hit me up. Hit me up, and we'll work something out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're going to sign off here. If you guys got some value out of this, I hope you go leave a rating, review, like, subscribe, share with someone you know who might benefit from it. Whether they are a physical therapist looking to be more mobile, or someone a patient looking for different options, someone to come to you. Um, home healthcare is definitely a major aspect of physical therapy. And I think this is a, the next evolution of it. So I'm excited to see what you do. So with all that said, everyone have an awesome day, get 1% better, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for your time.